lovely and bright and sunny here today. A uh, bit of a breeze, but um, I thought it was time to get the old microphone out and start recording again. And uh, my back has improved quite a bit since the last recording. Uh, got some strength in my legs again, which is great. Not quite as wobbly on my pins as I was. Um, still a bit stiff and achy in the back, but it's going in the right direction. I think it'll be quite a while before I'm doing my eight mile run again, but um, hopefully another three or four weeks of looking after the back will sort that out. Um, it's a bit of a packed podcast. Um, not much going on sort of personally, but I've come across a few humdingers of links for the podcast which i will mention a little bit later i've got four um three of them are from the new york times who have been putting out some great stuff uh great variety of stuff as well photography wise and um yeah but we'll start off with the usual bit of housekeeping and there's a few things to go through and i'll go through them pretty quickly not biggies really uh well apart from one but i'll mention that at the end um the website the website's had one of few improvements over the last uh few weeks just to speed things up and a bit of a spring clean but the other thing that it's part of the spring clean i suppose actually was getting rid of the google plus links google plus is going to be no more by the beginning of april um it was supposed to be closing in august but they brought it forward so that means that after april after early april there's going to be no more google plus which means that it's it's really going to be down to the big three isn't it which is facebook instagram and uh twitter there's a few other social media networks but they're kind of like the big three um which I suppose is the way it was always going to be. Um, Google Plus, uh, well, you know, it was a bit tumbleweedy, wasn't it, uh, whenever you used to visit. And in fact, I can't actually remember the last time I directly added a post to it. I did used to post stuff onto there using the share function uh, of Jetpack, you know, which is part of, uh, which was added to WordPress, uh plugin that you can add to WordPress that helps you share stuff around the uh, social media sites when you publish something on your blog. But um, other than that, I didn't actually go directly to it and interact with people and stuff. So anyway, that's going to go. The other thing that um, is still active, but is sort of mothballed at the moment, is my Flickr feed. I decided to keep the page in the account. I'm going to see how it goes. Um, there's one or two things that will need to be ironed out before I think about using it as a way of archiving images. Um, I've got one or two issues with it, to say the least, but we'll see what happens with uh, Flickr. It took an awful lot of time, actually, to get uh, my images off. I did archive uh, and download all of the images that, I, that I'd put on there. It took a couple of days to do it, and uh, but I managed to get everything. Um, and at the moment, I'm looking at my digital archive, a way of improving it and making it as rock solid as I possibly can. Uh, a couple of hard drives are involved. Um, a few of the cloud services are involved. Uh, burning to DVD as well is involved. So 
I could really do with... The great thing about Flickr was, was it was so easy to, to add an archive work. It really was. It was a, a great way of doing it. But I don't know. At the moment, it just seems like a lot of money for what it is. And you also get locked into that vicious circle of you've got to keep on paying to keep the images. Because, of course, they have, you know, your free account. You have a thousand images. But once you uh, stop paying, uh, if you've added over that a thousand, then, you know, it starts deleting your images from there which can get uh it's it's not somewhere that you'd be able to put a lifetime's worth of work on um you know you put ten thousand images on for instance um because after you don't pay the bill after the first year after you've died for instance nine thousand of your images would be wiped just like you know that so he has got one or two downsides to it um and it doesn't really seem as though, I suppose, you know, there's likes of 500px and uh, I, don't know, I suppose a few of the others, but they tend not to archive. I used to archive everything to Flickr, uh, iPhone images, the whole lot. It was a great way of storing and backing up images, all of them, whereas the other ones, I just tend to put the finished images the the special ones the ones that um, represent the best of my work I suppose but you know we'll have to um, we'll have to see how Flickr goes and then make a decision a little bit later on about what to do with what to do with that account probably the biggest news for this month is there are two books on the way this year um, the last book I made was in 2011 and it was uh yes it was i'm gonna make sure that i get the title right because i can never actually remember i actually made the title up and i can't remember the title that goes to uh goes to sea sky sand and street they have it now uh, I released that in 2011 and was really, really pleased with the response uh, that it got from people who know me, family and various other, uh, and friends and things. And it's also sold a few copies. And But it's been a long time. It's been eight years uh, come August since that was released. And I thought it was about time that some more books were put out. Now, after I injured my back, I thought I need to get something positive out of this. Um, you know, it's not great to just sit there feeling sorry for yourself. So I decided that I was going to make 2019 uh, a book year where I would get at least one book out. Now, I've actually got two books lined up uh, and I'll detail them uh, in order of release. The first one is going to be... The Two Towns, which I shot in 2015. It's a gallery on my website, but I really liked the images. I really enjoyed taking those images uh, back in November 2015 when I was there. It was my first visit to Edinburgh in a, in a long time. I think it was something like 13 years since I'd visited uh, 
visited uh, there. But actually, it was probably longer. It was probably nearer 23 years, come to think of it. But I enjoyed it. And the, also, the other reason is it's got a bit of a special place uh, in my heart in that it was the last trip away that I had with both of my parents. Suddenly, my mum died just over a year after we had that trip. Um, and we did have a trip away to, to Norfolk, but that was all part of really having the last holiday with her. So it sort of like had a lot of baggage and connotations and things which weren't very nice. Um, the cancer was there along for the trip. Now, the cancer was probably there uh, when we were at Edinburgh, but we didn't know, so it doesn't count. And um, we we all had a great time. I took some great pictures had a great time exploring Edinburgh and uh, it kind of reminds me of that. So that's another reason why I want to release that book. The other reason is is that it's an easy book to put together and to get me back into the, the book building um, sort of like mindset. Uh, originally, I was going to do a couple of books, one about Scotland, one about Norfolk, both of them to do with the Norfolk project and uh my Scotland project that's been ongoing for quite a few years. There was a huge amount of images to go through and edit uh, and add to a book. I was messing around with layouts and all sorts of things. Things got delayed. I didn't like certain ways that I was doing stuff, so I'd start from scratch. And these books got delayed and then things got in the way with family and uh, what happened to with my mum. So... It, Really, what doing these two books this year will act as a foundation for exploring a few ideas and really simplifying the process so that these books actually do get released. I think it's great to go in there with a whole lot of book design ideas and say, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. But it can slow the process down if you don't simplify. Uh, and most great photography books are usually quite simple in the way that they lay out and the text and various other different things. So that's where I'm coming from. So the Two Towns is going to be out by June. That is the plan. The book is largely put together apart from an introduction that needs writing, which I'm going to work on over the next month or so just to get that exactly right. And a few other different pages with working out what goes where, really. So that is the Two Towns book. The second book is Seven Hills, which is another one about Edinburgh, but it's using the colour images which have been going on to Instagram and are, again, another gallery on my website. And that book has largely been constructed as well. The images have been added, but there's going to be some more shot in April when I go to Edinburgh. So, you know, there'll be... A little bit more uh, work editing images because there's a few that I also want to add from my trip in 2015 and 2017, 2018 as well. So there's going to be quite a lot to go through there. But I would say a good three quarters of the book is ready. Uh, the front covers are done on both books. The images certainly on... The two towns are in and ready. They look great. They're in the right order. Even the captions have been done. 
So it's just a matter of, uh, like I say, getting the introduction done on the two towns, getting an introduction done on Seven Hills, adding a few more pictures from various different places, which shouldn't take that long, and then just making sure that the layout is sorted out and then getting out. The Seven Hills uh, book, I'm hoping to get out roughly about two or three months after the two towns comes out. So sort of about September, October, something like that. Um, the formats, they've really been built around being soft cover books. But they will be available with the hardcover and as ebooks as well. So I've designed with everything in mind. But really, I wanted to bring them out as soft cover books as a cheap and affordable option compared with just having them as uh, a hardcover. And they're going to be made available via blurb like, um, like Sea, Sky, Sand and Street was. Price-wise, I'm not sure at the moment, but I'm going to try and keep it as low as possible. Just make a nice little bit of profit, but not a huge amount of profit. These are labours of love rather than for me making uh, huge wadges of cash, which I wouldn't do anyway. So, you know, I'm not exactly losing anything. It's it's about the fun thing about getting these photographs out and getting something. And I actually do enjoy seeing... Um, I picked out... Uh, sea Sky, Sand and Street the other day off my bookshelf and had a look at it with a cup of tea one, one evening and really enjoyed just going through it. It's a great way of viewing your work. Um, if you haven't, you know, had a go at building a uh, a book, I would certainly recommend it. You know, just get a few pictures. doesn't matter what they are. They can be from, you know, your iPhone, your mobile uh, from your regular camera but just stick them together holiday snaps whatever it is but it's a really really good way of saving your pictures and having them accessible and you can show them off to people in a book and it looks absolutely fantastic and it's not difficult to do either I did have to get used to the new software though that Blurb have got. I can't remember what they. Uh, let's see what it's called. Um, I can't remember what the other, the old one was called. Uh, it's Book Right now, um, and the other one was called Book Designer or whatever it was. But initially, I started using the old one and then realised I had to swap over to the new. So there was a bit of a learning curve with that. But it's a, a nice piece of software and it should put together. Uh, it should. I should get some cracking looking books, which is fantastic for 2019. And that will really, really please me. 2018 was not particularly um, a high point for creativity here. But um, yeah, it's it's great just to have something in the works, especially while my back isn't particularly great. And they've come on in leaps and bounds i mean i literally did sort of like put one of the books almost together within about two or three hours i am keeping them incredibly simple um simple but stylish i suppose is the best way of putting it and uh, anyway there will be some news coming on uh my site near a release giving a bit of a preview about how it's going to look. There is a post that went on last Monday which details about the, the books and shows one or two of the images using a very, very good WordPress plugin called Block Gallery. Uh, Block Gallery 
is um, something that I'm going to release a post about uh, very soon. But it's a great way of adding a certain way of displaying images to your WordPress posts and pages. Uh, it's a great little add-on. It is free. It's a free plugin, but there will be a pro one coming soon. And I'll be talking about that at a later date, no doubt, on the podcast. But it's a great little little gallery plugin for, for showing images. And I've used it to show some of the pictures that will be included in both of the books. So plenty to look forward to this year um there is also planned for later in the year i will mention this now um, a trip up to scotland i won't mention where but it's a different part of the world i've never been there before so it's going to be very interesting for taking pictures and something else to look forward to as well um especially if we get some really nice weather um i will give a bit of a clue um i will have to use a ferry to get there uh, and no it isn't sky i'll leave it there right on to our great selection of podcast links for this uh for this recording martin parr i seem to be linking a lot of martin parr recently and i've mentioned before that martin parr I used to be a photographer that I had absolutely no time for. Um, I was a big fan of Chris Killip when I was a photography student. And if there was a nemesis, it would be Martin Parr. Now, I do think that of the two photographers, I still prefer Chris Killip's work. And I still prefer his photography attitude. It's always say for the want of a better word. But I have started to... You know, not prefer, but I have started to um, like Parr's work more and more over the years. I think it's probably mellowing with age that's probably done it. Um, but his first link is photographing the quirky and kitschy in Manchester. And this is Parr's work over the last nearly 50 years shot in a city of Manchester in northwestern England. And it's a mix of colour images, some of them fairly recent, 2018, and then some of them dating back to 74, 73, um, the 1980s. So there's a good mix of work in there. And the other great thing is, is that there's a good mix of colour and black and white. I actually quite like these images. Um, it's the second lot of par, recent par work that I've seen and I really liked. He, he took some images of the fishing community, some of the, the fishermen down in Cornwall that I mentioned in the podcast uh, two or three recordings back. Um, his black and white work I really do like from the 1970s. Really stylish, got a nice attitude. With none of that garish, uh, bright colours that we we saw, you know, in the 1980s that he became famous for. But otherwise, you know, uh, like I say, I'm starting to mellow to Parr's work. And it's a great article about um, him and his photography and well worth a look if you're a Parr fan and... Maybe just worth a look, even if you aren't a Parr fan, just to sort of like familiarise yourself with a good cross-section of his work because uh, he does have some good stuff in there. You've got to give him that. 
the next link is well this is all about identity within an iconic photo and i've got two different links for two different stories but they are both uh to do with identities of people in photographs and this is all to do with alfred eisenstadt's picture of the sailor the american sailor kissing a nurse in times square at the end of world war ii august the 14th 1945 it's an iconic picture um so iconic that it's been parodied by the simpsons and all sorts of different uh shows and it's all about it's another new york times story just like the the last martin parr story was uh but this is all about george mendoza 95 most likely the sailor in the famous photo dies and this is all about who these people were who the nurse was and who the sailor was and a lot of people have sort of like done a lot of research and tried to work out who's who and they've never really come up with never really came up with definitive answers uh they've got an idea that you know it's most likely and it probably was but they've never been able to turn around and say these are the people it's just a shame actually that eisenstadt didn't take a shot afterwards of these people to get a clear identifiable shot of them both um the article delves into you know um all about the the ideas about who these people were and the stories about people identifying them and people claiming to be the person and people saying you know well i'm not really bothered it could be me but maybe it isn't um a fascinating weaving little story which leads me into my next link which is also from the new york times uh their magazine section and this is also about the identity of a person in an iconic picture and th this is all to do with john olson's picture taken of wounded marines being evacuated during the battle of hawaii in february 1968 during the vietnam war and this is all about the identity of one of the wounded marines on the tank and is it this person or is it now the two people who have been mentioned one marine did not make it back from vietnam he died of his wounds the other person did and books have been written about this with the most recent being uh i'll just lean over and get my copy of black hawk down because mark bowden the author of black hawk down has written a book about the battle of Hue that came out last year funnily enough i was actually looking at it in uh, waterstones a bookshop in uh, on princess street in edinburgh just before christmas didn't actually buy it uh, i think i'll look out for it but mark bowden has said it is this person who made it back to the states and then some journalists, uh, I believe some of them from the New York Times, have also done a bit of research and said, well, actually, we don't think it is because we've got, you know, some more evidence. That includes some unseen Don McCullen images that were shot round about the same time. And it's a fantastic weaving story about... Well, as the headline says, a celebrated book and a major museum exhibition revealed the harrowing tale behind the image of a wounded marine. 
their version was wrong. And that's really what it is. It's about people protecting their books and the information in their books and coming to terms with the fact that possibly they could be wrong. Weaving story. And it just goes to show that even though a photograph can be iconic, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the people who are in the picture can always be identified easily. And... Uh, it's a fascinating read. Oh, it's quite a long read as well. It's well worth looking at this just to see the, the Don McCullen pictures. There's some absolutely fabulous Don McCullen images that, like I say, have never been seen before from uh, what I can gather, which were used by some of the uh, journalists to prove their case. Fantastic read. Of all of the links that I mention for this month's podcast, that is the one to have a look at. I mean, I absolutely love this type of stuff anyway. Um, I mean, the Vietnam War and the images made during the Vietnam War were the, the main reason why I got in photography in the first place. It was, uh, they've, they've always fascinated me. I, th- I think it's a combination of just the subject matter and also the level of freedom that the press had at the time. Um, there is a fantastic book about Larry Burroughs, his his life and working in Vietnam and the press corps in Vietnam and how it worked and the events leading to his death. Um, I will mention that. I will record a bonus podcast in March all about that book because it's a cracking read if you are interested in how the media worked during the Vietnam War. Um, it goes into the ins and outs and talks about Larry Burroughs, who is one of my favourite photographers. Actually, I would probably argue he is probably my favourite photographer. If I, They said, you know, you can only have one photography book or series of photography books by a photographer. Who would it be? Probably be Larry Burroughs. Um, a great combination of quality photography and... A very compassionate photographer as well um, and sometimes you don't always get that now with modern uh, war photography it's, it seems a bit too voyeuristic now um, and Larry Burroughs worried about being a voyeur in the combat zone um, but yes that's a fantastic read and it also shows how complicated the situation was out there for the media it was um, you know, it was a great, probably the peak for journalism um, at that time. But of course, it was never going to last after the way that the, the Vietnam War ended, mainly because of the way that governments decided that they need to control the message. And they control it very strictly. Speaking of someone who has photographed, uh, you know, the army... It greatly depends, your level of access can depend on a lot of, um, it's not totally always, you know, very restrictive, but you are carefully looked after, shall we say. And a final link. And this is a fascinating story that came out, it actually was just over the weekend, so it wasn't that long ago, but this is old photographs showing Katrine 
aqueduct being built. Um, now the Katrine aqueducts supply take water to treatment works that supply 1.3 million people around Glasgow. Now they were built uh, part of a radical 19th century plan to supply fresh water from Loch Katrine to Glasgow a distance of 35 miles so it, it's it's not sort of like on the on the doorstep there was a series of images glass slides found in a skip um this is a really really lucky save but it does make you wonder how many old historical pictures end up in landfills or end up being smashed or something like that because people don't know um you know what they've got I mean, apparently these slides were thrown out when scottish waters former west of scotland officers uh in glasgow were being closed um you know and they're just anyway the images include workers boring through rocky hillsides with drills during the construction uh during the 1880s uh and the pictures date from the look of it between 1885 and 1901 when it when the uh, viaduct was finished a great series of images saved from disaster and um it just goes to show how photography it's incredible just like my arch archiving my 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 digital work at the moment it is incredibly important incredibly important to keep an eye on your work and make sure that it's you know looked after and being kept because it becomes more valuable the older it gets you go out into the street today and you take a photograph and you know it's just a street today isn't it but in 20 years time all of the cars have changed uh the street might may no longer be there uh there's all sorts of factors that come into play and these images of the aqueducts being built are a really really valuable historical document that needs to be uh that needs to be kept and looked after so obviously the full full marks to the person who managed to find them in the skip and rescue them um but sadly i think you know sometimes there's no one there to uh to rescue these valuable items that is it for this podcast um like i say the link that i would really really recommend uh you have a look at is the story about john olson's wounded marine at huay it's a real roller coaster of a story fantastic piece of writing and a, and a really interesting tale as well i will uh add i'll see if there's any any more bonus links to ads but, uh, but i don't really uh, there might be a few that stand out i will have a look but I can't really think of any at the moment. So until the next recording, I'll say thank you very much for downloading this podcast and I will be back very soon.